630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Dry Sun again. Shoots and scores. There's 50 from the right circle. Harris in the pocket. He's throwing and he's going down the rail. He's got a man open. It is complete. And he's going the distance. Inside the five. Touchdown Eskimos. Ricky Collins Jr. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Getting you ready for the doubleheader dandy on 6.30 Chad. Tomorrow, Eskimos in the afternoon as they try to snap their four-game losing streak against the Ottawa Red Blacks. And then in the evening, the Edmonton Oilers close out the preseason against the Calgary Flames. How about Bear and Yurcho last night leading the way as the Oilers down the Winnipeg Jets 5-3. Plenty on both those teams as we move through the first hour of the show. Welcome to your weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have some other uh, stuff to tell you about that's going on over the weekend as well. A lot of Edmonton teams in action. We'll fill you in on the schedule as we move along. The AJHL Showcase is in camera, so uh, that's a lot of fun. We actually are going to have a segment tonight on mustard and its anti-cramping qualities that's going to be a little later on tonight former oiler former bonneville pontiac speaking of the ajhl mark latestu uh caught on camera last night with the mustard packet before the oilers game he, he, i was in touch with mark he says it's it helps cramping that's going to be our off topic topic tonight if you enjoy texting radio shows and you can text this one on your smartphone by using 630 what, uh, what, now let's stick to legal substances. Legal substances. I do not want to know about anybody buying something from Walter White or Scarface and, and using it. What is the oddest stimulant that you or a teammate or friend or loved one uh, use to get ready for a game? Again, legal substances only. You can text 630-630. Uh, but we, we may get no replies at, at all to that, Kellen. We, 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 we may get nothing, or we may get some really memorable ones, but mm-hmm. I'm willing to take a chance. Legal substances only. What is the uh, strangest thing you have ever used to get ready for a sporting event uh, that you were participating in or seen a, a teammate use? You, you can let me know. Also this weekend, I, I want to give this a quick mention. Kellen, a co-worker mentioned to this to me today. He's a, a newer co-worker. I haven't learned his name yet. But it's the Australian Rules Football Grand Final this weekend between the Richmond Tigers and the Greater Greater Western Sydney Giants. Should we put a little wager on the game, Kellen? Uh, if you want. Uh, stories I've heard is that this uh, Sydney Giants thing, it's like an expansion team making the final the first year or second year out. Like that They're team's the only Vegas Gold Knights of, of Australian Rules Football? Yeah. Is that what we're looking at? There we go. Like well, the last are Vegas you Gold picking Knights, them? Yeah. What's that? Are you going to pick them then? Uh, I'll take them, yeah. You're going to sure. take the uh, GWS Giants, and that leaves me with the Richmond Tigers. Should we do point differential, or are we just doing straight up? Uh, I think my team is favored. (laughs) I don't even know what a point differential would. The scores are relatively high, aren't they? Yeah. I'll say by five. How's that? So 
Well, I should I should give you some points. I think to be fair, I'll give you five points. Okay. So my team's favored by by five. So I got to win by five or more. All right. Well, well, we'll go we'll go four and a half. All right. So I have the Richmond Tigers. You have the GWS Giants. Australian rules football. Whenever I do see it, I, I find it quite entertaining. Though I'm not overly educated on those two teams. All right. Another thing to watch for this weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. My name is Reed Wilkins. Oh, wow, we've got a lot of... Like, the text line is flooded. Uh, this... T- <laughs> I don't know if... This is the first one I saw. Uh-oh. This, I, I don't know if now we're going to top this one. We'll just dive right in. We'll... Uh, this texture says, Reed, I used to have a buddy who would run icy hot on his male parts before his junior hockey games. He said it got him fired up to play. How about that one? He would run icy hot on his male parts to get fired up to play. I'm not sure you can top that. That's a, that, is an un, that falls in the category of uh, an unusual substance used to stimulate yourself. Well, that's all right. That's not ex- for a sporting event, not not for something else. Um, smelling salts uh, for sure. My sister's ball team had a guy who brought a bucket of hard-boiled eggs into the dugout during a tournament. LOL. Jeremy says pickle juice. It works great for pre and post sporting events. Well, we're going to talk about pickle juice later on when we do the mustard segment. Right. Uh, because I, I saw on social media last night that uh, pickle juice is another thing that's been mentioned to uh, to help. Uh, apparently, Gene Principe texting the show, I heard he was sucking mustard because he relished the opportunity to catch up to the faster players. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. <laughs> oh, my. Jolt Cola from Lauren. Do you remember Jolt Cola? Oh, yeah. Do they still make Jolt Cola? They still do. There's places in the States that still sell it. Um, I actually had a buddy bring up a couple of cans from the United States for me this past uh, summer to try again. And, yeah, that's just loaded with caffeine. Yeah, wasn't it like triple the caffeine of a Coca-Cola? Absolutely, or Double yeah. the sugar, triple the caffeine. Wasn't that the motto or something like that? Anyway, uh, man. Those are some good ones. You can keep texting uh, throughout the evening. Uh, what else have we heard? Uh, uh, wasabi. Well, wasabi would get you going. Wasabi. Uh, was it was it KFC honey mustard? I I think Mark was using the more traditional. This more traditional. I don't know what flavor or make of mustard he was using. I didn't ask. It, it was a packet of mustard well, that you could probably I'm get. Sure, at like I'm sure we'll have Mark on the show or whatever. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we we will have Mark on the show at some point in the future, to, and and I'm sure he'll talk about the uh, the mustard thing. I was I think he was quite surprised. He went he went viral. I mean, the guy had a pretty big season playing for the Oilers the, the year they got into the playoffs. He was an important part of that team. He he may have had more views than any of his goals that would have been tweeted out that year. Anyway, uh, fun stuff. We will, we'll, uh, all the sugar and twice the caffeine. Thank you to whoever texted that in. That was the Jolt Cola motto. All the sugar, twice the caffeine. That's 
Okay, you can keep texting 63630. You can let me know what you think about the Edmonton Oilers lineup after last night's game as well because we have seen a couple players emerge who uh, at the start of training camp, I wouldn't have predicted that they would have played this well. And of course, one of them, Knock, knock. He has answered the door. Ethan Bear. Bertasaw. Nifty drop for Drysaddle. Takes it out wide. Centers tipped on that save. Hell of a rebound score. Ethan Bear has tied the game. I still got another day to focus on tomorrow. And that's that's how I take things day by day. You know, I'm not going to get too excited or anything. You know, I still got a lot to work on as a player. So, you know, I'm still growing. Skates up to the high slot. Dishes off to Ethan Bear. Slides up to his left. Scores. Blasted one low glove through a screen wow. Hellebuck, and Bears second of the night makes it 5-3. He's been doing it all camp. You know, that's the first, you know, he jumped out last night because of, you know, I think because of the injury, because of the playing with Clefbaum. I mean, he uh, he took advantage of that opportunity, you know, and that's, that's an opportunity that he's earned through camp. It wasn't just, you know, all of a sudden, okay, this was... Bears going in there, but he, Bears been pretty good the whole camp, and he, we've talked to him a lot about that, and he's he's earned that opportunity, and it's, I really it's good to see a young player like that who really is starting to figure this out. He worked hard this summer. He stayed in Edmonton, made sure he did everything right to give him the best chance to be successful, and. You see him go out there and play a game like that last night. That's that's really encouraging for a young player. Ethan Bear will play again tomorrow. Dave Tippett didn't give a lot of lineup details for tomorrow night's game, but he did say Ethan Bear will be in and Marcus Granlund likely to play. We haven't seen much of him in the preseason as he's been battling a bit of a groin issue. Don't know about Connor McDavid. Maybe we'll find out more at the uh, at the morning skate tomorrow at the downtown community arena. But, I mean, look, given the injury to Joel Pearson and how Ethan Bear has played, it's pretty hard not to keep him around. I mean, good for him. He he has pushed through. He worked harder this summer. That story's been told numerous times. And as Rob and I talked about last night on Overtime Open Line, Ethan Bear was having a good game even before he scored. So I, I think if Bear hadn't scored last night, you still would have said he was he was calm and he was effective. And, and then if he chips an offense along the way, that is even better. A little bit more on Tomas Yurcho when we get back. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 6.30, Chet. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Uh, CFL action tonight. Good matchup. 10-3 and three, Hamilton taking on 9-4 and four, Winnipeg. We'll keep you updated once that one kicks off. Uh, this uh, texter writes in and says, Reed, I am Australian. Go Richmond Tigers. Only problem is I don't have a Fosters in hand. All right, getting ready for the AFL Grand Final. So I, I have Richmond. And you have the GWS Giants, Kellen. That's right. But correct. I'm giving you four and a half points. Uh, yeah. All right. Hopefully my team can cover the spread. Um, Chris says, uh, do you think Ethan Bear will get power play time often? He looked great last night and definitely most improved order thus far. Often? I don't know if I would say often, but I, I think you'd put him on the power play. Good shot. Uh, I mean, they were going to try Pearson there, so if he's sliding into that spot, I, I would think he would get power play time. I also think, uh, obviously, Clefbaum will be on the power play as well. Jared says, so Yurcho is a top six NHLer. Gagne and Nygaard are fighting for 14. Russell will be the 13th forward. Haas and Nygaard are gone. That is my take from Jared. I think Nygaard's going to be around. Uh, I'm not sure about Gaetan Haas at this point, Jared. I'll agree with you on that one. 
Yakashev, one of our more entertaining texters, has his predictions for the upcoming season. He says Tampa Bay wins the Cup, St. Louis misses the playoffs, McDavid scores 54 goals, Lucic has a breakout season and scores six goals, the Oilers goalies combined save percentage is worse than last year and they miss the playoffs, Brian Hall retires after he suffers a concussion in a my pillow fight with Jesperson. Lot to digest there, Yakushev. Lot to digest. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Rogers on the line. Roger, you're on with Reed. Go ahead. Hey Reed, how you doing, guy? Quite well. That's good. Listen, I got a quick dumb off the wall question for you. Okay. How would the team look if we still had Hall and Eberly? Well, they'd have more scoring. I don't know. The thing is, Roger, they, they couldn't have afforded to keep everybody. Um, so, money-wise, like money-wise, money one of those guys would have had to go for sure. Yet, they were first-round picks that we got. For sure. Right? With, uh, with Nugent, uh, Nugent Hopkins as well. Like, it, it seems to me, you get a first-round pick of that quality uh, to look at those, those kids today and... Just give them away, really, is the way I felt about it. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, like I said, I think I think given the salary cap situation and the fact that they had to pay McDavid and had to pay Dreisaitl, there was, there was going to be a trade along the way. I mean, we're going to be debating yeah. the quality of those trades for a long time. You know, I, I still think Adam Larson can be a pretty good defenseman, and he was okay. a pretty good defenseman his, his first year here. I mean, a lot of people thought the Oilers – got the better of the trade after year one and then in year two hall won the mvp i mean sure yeah. that, that that general manager has been fired so what are you going to do yeah already i gotta get back to work hall long time listener first time caller great show we'll keep listening you take care all the best okay thanks roger appreciate it seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. i mean man like sure how would they look if this this and this so yeah fair enough uh, Jared says, uh, sorry, I meant Haas and Bertasoff are gone. Oops, yes, I agree with you. Uh, yeah. Matt says, five-hour energy shots poured into blue Gatorade with rock and roll trained by ACDC cranked. That's how he would get up for games. Those, who is it? What, what uh, is it Jim Furyk? That's a... Uh, He's sponsored by the Five Hour Energy Drink. Oh, I think he wore okay. it on his hat or his T-shirt golfing. That sounds very. I mean, my question would be: What happens at the end of the five hours? Is it is it that? Is it just totally cuts off? You get energy for exactly five hours. It's like a like Cinderella crash. turned back into a pumpkin at midnight. <laughs> it's like I got energy for exactly five hours. If this, if it takes any longer, I just collapse. You'd be out running, and then all of a sudden, boom! Just. Crumpled in a heap on the side of the road. Uh, this section says whatever Hall and Eberly aren't here doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, here's the thing with the, you can what if yourself to death. Like I said, money wise, they they wouldn't have been able to afford uh, all those players. I mean, without those players, they're they're up against the cap anyway. So, yeah, I know. You can text 630-630. All right, we're going to have to get to the uh, Yurcho stuff a little bit later on, but he has looked very good. And, and, you know, speaking of the current general manager and what he did over the summer, what Ken Holland did was he signed a lot of players to short contracts a, a year or two and all for not a lot of money. And I think he's hoping... 
to hit a home run with one of them or maybe a bunch of solid doubles. And if Yurcho is the home run and can actually play in the top six, plus he traded Lucic for Neal, even though they, they took on a little bit of extra money in that. I mean, that, if, if the Oilers are good enough to make the playoffs this year, they have to have a couple of triples or home runs with the players they signed. If we're talking about Archibald, Shane, Granlin, uh, Yurcho, uh you know, I don't think Bertasov's going to be around, but one of the one of the, the two players for, from Europe, all those players fitting in, and, and then if Neil has a good season, then that, now this is still a lot of ifs, but I think that's what Holland is hoping. Can one of these guys that maybe other teams didn't want as much, or you know, is seen as more of a depth player, can one of them step up and be a consistent secondary scoring for the Oilers? That's a primary way that they can be a lot better than last year. We will uh, go to Ottawa. Check in with Dave Campbell when we get back. Eskimo play more as well. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Tomorrow, Eskimos, Red Blacks. The coverage will start at 12.30. Game at 2 here on 6.30, Ched. Football will go until 6. Then we have the face-off show for the Oilers and the Flames, and that game will start at 7. Golden Bears football at UBC tomorrow. The Golden Bears are 3-1. and one. UBC is 0-4, so the Bears will try to win their fourth in a row. Golden Bears hockey starting their Canada West season tonight. They're in Vancouver to face UBC tonight and uh, tomorrow. Oil Kings in Calgary tonight, then a home game against Lethbridge Sunday at uh, 4. A lot going on. We'll keep you updated on all that stuff. George says, uh, hey, Reed, Saturday, 11 a.m. at Ellerslie Rugby Park, Edmonton Rugby Union Champs versus Calgary Rugby Union Champs for the Provincial Championship. So there you go. We were talking about the Australian Rules Football Grand Final. There's a little bit of rugby coming in as well. And this texter says, Reed, have you had a chance to watch any of the Rugby World Cup? You know what? To this texture, I've had it on my TV at my desk, but I'm not going to say I've played close attention to it. But anyway, this person goes on to say, if the NHL wants to know how to have access to the viewer of the referee, they need to watch the Rugby World Cup. The ref has a live mic on all the time, and when he goes to the replay, you can hear the replay official talking to the referee and the conversation they are having. Then you can actually hear what the thought process is of the ref and of the replay official. It's really quite interesting hearing the ref talk to the players and talk to the replay official. Rugby has it figured out the NHL should take note. That is really interesting. Uh, While Gary Bettman's in charge of the NFL, or of the NFL, of the NHL, I, I do not think they will do that. But that would be cool. I mean, as viewers, you want access, right? You want access. You want the two-screen experience with getting stuff on your phone and all that other type of information as well. But that's really cool. I, I enjoy watching the Rugby World Cup. I think Canada lost pretty bad to Italy yesterday. Um, probably, I, I don't know how much I'll, t- I'll have time to sit and watch the, the matches, but it, uh, it is a pretty fun event for sure. All right, we will go to Ottawa. My colleague and friend Dave Campbell is on the line, getting ready to call the Eskimos and the Red Blacks. Dave, how's it going? It's going great. Going great, Reed. How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing very well. That uh, good for rugby for doing that. 
Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen in hockey. I don't know if that's going to happen in the CFL. That would be fascinating, though, to hear an actual discussion between the booth and and the uh, and the referee. But here's the thing: if you're a fan of the team that the call goes against, what I have found in in talking <laughs> to fans, even a reasonable explanation doesn't make you feel any better. No, it's like okay, that's a well-reasoned explanation, and you're still wrong. Right? <laughs> you're still wrong. You screwed my team over, ref. Yeah. But I remember watching the 2015 uh, uh, Rugby World Cup, and I didn't watch a lot of it, but the, the, the matches I was able to watch, and that's when I first discovered, or I think that's when they first had the mic on the ref. And I tell you, those rugby refs, they are always chatty because there's, like, there's so much for them to do. they got to get everyone line, you know, lined up for the lineouts and, the, you know, and, the, and just the various, thing, various things that happen in, in rugby. That ref is always talking, but it's pretty cool. And is it is it not in rugby where they're uh, I don't I don't know if they have to or they do it a lot they call the referee sir all the time uh, yeah rugby. yes <laughs> yes that's right yeah the re- refs right. have re- refs have other names in hockey usually <laughs> we we can't say that on the show no, we can't usually, say those words right <laughs> yeah, the, the, well if they start with the letter s it's probably an eight letter word that has head as the second part of it anyway. Uh, yeah. Use your imagination. <laughs> uh, all right, Trevor Harris is on the six-game injured yeah. list now for the Edmonton Eskimos. What does this mean? Well, I think this means they, the, the club has really no idea when Trevor Harris will be fully healed from this, from this injury to his throwing arm. He practiced on Wednesday. He practiced on Thursday, so he did a, a bit more work than he did the week before in the lead-up to the home game against the Hamilton Tiger Cats, but he couldn't get through the practice days. So um, I think there's probably an admission now that they should have maybe just stick to game them last week because that injury needs rest. And clearly Trevor Harris is not close to coming back. So, And I watched him on Wednesday, and you know he starts off okay, and he ran the 12-on-12 uh, drills and, and led the first-team offense. And, you know, first couple throws are okay, but then – you, you definitely tell the, the the throw, the ball coming out of his hand. It's just not clean. Um, he he's overthrowing receivers. He's not locating well, and I can't imagine it's easy to, you know, to sit there in the pocket, face a rush, and you know, find your receiver while the, the only thing you're thinking about is how's my arm going to feel. So, basically, the the club has no idea. Trevor Harris has no idea how long this is going to take, and I think. You know, Jason Moss said, I don't think this is season-ending last week. I think he doesn't know if it is season-ending or not right now. So so the uh, the call is to put him on the sixth game, let him rest and heal. Now he's on the sixth game. He can't practice with the team now. So Logan Kilgore gets all the reps. And, you know, Jason Moss in the last two weeks has been kind of wishy-washy because the, uh, the game plans have still been tailored towards Trevor Harris, but they haven't known whether he can start or not, and that kind of hurts Logan Kilgore's preparation. So... So now they know who the number one guy is going to be going forward for an undetermined amount of time. If Trevor Harris is on the six-game uh, injured list in its entirety, then the Eskimos get some cap savings. Uh, but uh, Jason Moss reiterated again today to me. He said when Trevor Harris is ready, he will play. But they're just not sure when that's going to be. All right. And obviously they, they can bring him off. And like you said, it just could have salary cap implications well yep. that's interesting so Kilgore's uh, going to get his second straight start and he basically played what three quarters of the of of, uh, of the previous game uh mm-hmm. and is it, was there a change in an injury on the offensive line as well yeah Tommy Drayheim uh, came up with an injury on Wednesday in practice so that uh that is that that hurts that hurts the Eskimos big time and you know his first game back he was a bit rusty 
Um, and then, you know, I thought it was a bit better last week. Um, but, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, he's, he's come up lame again, and that's too bad because injuries have always affected Tommy Drayheim's seasons, and when he plays, he's, he's good. But, you know, it's kind of like I'm referring to him as Arjun Colhoun, right, because we say the same things about Colhoun. But um, so they're going to they're gonna play Travis Bond at left tackle, which is, uh, you know, a bit of a risk, I would say, because while we've seen Travis Bond play up here is at left guard or right guard, he has repped at right tackle in practice. I remember back in training camp, he even was a center at one point. They asked him to learn all five positions just in case. They have like kind of the you know a built-in built-in safety net at every position. So, but if it doesn't work out tomorrow, if if Jason Moss feels this isn't working, then they do have Kyle Saxwood on the roster. They could put him in, or they could just shift Matt O'Donnell back out to left tackle from right guard and put Travis Bond at right guard again. So. They're going to try this. Uh, Travis Bond played tackle at college, so he does have experience. It's not like he's unfamiliar, but you know, I don't believe he's ever played tackle in the CFL before. So it's a bit of a risky proposition. But losing Dre Heim is uh, is a big blow to this team as well. All right, Eskimos in uh, Ottawa tomorrow. It's been a tough go for the Eskimos later uh, lately with four consecutive losses. It hasn't been any sunnier for the Red Blacks. Uh, I mean, they've only scored a combined twelve points in their last two games. And they're doing something very interesting at quarterback, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Uh, remember back to the old days, you know, you go in the late 70s, early 80s, when uh, teams would have quarterback tandems, you know, in the golden age. I, I, I know you get texts about it. I still get texts about it or tweets. Why don't they go to a two-quarterback system? That doesn't happen anymore. But the, the Red Blacks quarterbacking situation hasn't been very good this year. They started the year with Dominique Davis. And then they went to Jonathan Jennings, and I believe because uh, Davis did get hurt, but then when he came back, they just stuck with the uh, – I think they went back to Davis, and then that wasn't working out, so they go back to Jennings. So they haven't had success out of either quarterback. So now one of them's going to start, and I believe it'll be Jonathan Jennings. And then at some point, Dominique Davis will come into the game. So they're going to rotate the quarterback. So that's, you know, that's an indictment of – probably the, the poor quarterbacking that the Red Blacks have had. There's an old line in football that says when you have two, you have none. So the, the, the Red Blacks have really no consistent quarterbacking. But still, from a defensive standpoint, you've got to know which one's out there. Uh, because both are mobile, mobile, but Jonathan Jennings is more of a ball control rhythm passer who can throw deep where Dominic Davis is looking to throw deep. But at the same time, both haven't been consistent either. So uh, the defense got to be on their cues and their, you know, their teasing cues tomorrow and um, and then the Red Blacks are just, as Rick Campbell said, we got to do something to get a spark here because they've lost six in a row, 10 of 11. If they win tomorrow, which would be catastrophic for the Eskimos, then they put pressure on the Eskimos. But as I talked to Jason Voss earlier today, he said this is a chance for us to bury a team, and that is something we haven't done very well all year. It's time to start now. Yeah, and Kellen and I were talking about those playoff implications uh, a couple days ago. The Eskimos' magic number to finish ahead of the BC Lions is two. So if the Eskimos yep. win tomorrow and BC loses, BC cannot pass the Eskimos. And Edmonton's magic number to finish ahead of Ottawa is three. So if they beat yep. Ottawa tomorrow, they get it down to one because they get a win and an Ottawa loss all in one uh, all in one blow. So, I mean, if, if the Eskimos win tomorrow, they've pretty much clinched a, a playoff spot, and then you just see if they're probably oh, they probably would wind up crossing. They're, like, they're in that weird spot, Dave. Like, yeah. it's, it's hard to imagine them finishing any, anywhere else than fourth in the West unless they were to somehow run the table, but they, they don't look like they're that type of team right now. 
No, I no, they're not, and you know they're going to get a favor from the Argos tomorrow against the the Riders in Toronto. Probably not. Yeah. So the the chances of them uh, catching any of the three teams in front of them are probably you know probably limited. But you know the Eskimos haven't played the Riders yet, so the, those last two games could be very interesting too. What if it's for third all of a sudden? Or but I can't see the Eskimos you know attaining a home playoff game. First is gone. Second is almost gone. Third is kind of there. But yeah, they're kind of in a they're kind of stuck in fourth. But you know, this is a team that you know, they, like like you said, they lost four straight. They got five games left. They just got to play good football down the stretch here. They can't just free fall their way into a, a playoff spot and be happy with that. They got to start racking wins here. And then you know, Jason Moss, I think I don't want to use the word finally. Um, you know, he's he's always upbeat and positive, and he's trying to get the players to look at things one game at a time and one day at a time, really. But you know, he said today we got to start. Like these two games coming up are critical, and for him to say two games coming up, and they're going to be on the road after this game too, because we're going to stay out in Hamilton after uh, after the game in Ottawa tomorrow. Um, you know, he he mentioned both games are critical. So even Jason Moss is, you know, he's not afraid to admit now that yeah, it's money time, and they better start cashing in. Murr, the Stamps guy who listens to this show, even even though he likes the Stampeders and the Flames. He says the six-game injured list affects the cap, but why and do long-term injured players still get paid? Well, yes, they still get paid. And what is it, Dave? If, if you go on the six-game injured list, your salary doesn't start count against the cap unless you come off early. Yeah, But there's right. two freebies, though, right? There's two freebies for players that are on their second or third stints on the oh, okay. sixth game. So if a player gets... So with Stan Peters earlier this year, they pulled off Bully by Mitchell after his first game on his second stint of the sixth game. But what it does is that entire six-game stretch is is uh, is uh, not accounting towards the salary cap. So that's what those two free polls are about. Oh, wow. So that would be big yeah. savings for Calgary then. For sure. They have saved already on Bo Levi Mitchell's salary this year, two-thirds of his salary. That's huge. Okay, so that's how that works. All yep. right, Dave. Well, uh, I mean, the, uh, this is one the Eskimos uh, should win. I did. I didn't necessarily feel that way over the last four, though I didn't think they would necessarily lose all four. But hopefully, yeah. they, uh, no Neil's back punting and uh, yep. okay, so that's sorted out a little bit as well. All yep, right, buddy. Right. I look okay, forward man. to talking to you tomorrow. We'll probably uh, do a bit of a crossover here before we uh, transition from football to hockey too. So I'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Look forward to that, my friend. Talk to you later. All right, that is uh, Dave Campbell on the line. Again, the broadcast, he and Morley, 12.30 for the countdown to kickoff game at two, Eskimos against the Red Blacks. It will be Logan Kilgore, Trevor Harris on the six-game DL. Again, doesn't necessarily mean he's done for the season, but the Eskimos just simply don't know when he is going to be ready. Halfway through the first quarter, almost halfway through the first quarter, no score, Hamilton and Winnipeg. And, yeah, speaking of quarterbacks, the the news the other day, Matt Nichols out for the season now for the Blue Bombers. He had shoulder surgery. He was expected to come back at some point. It will not happen. So Chris Strevler continues to run the offense. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Hey, just-
Just want to remind you, on Sunday, it's the 36th annual Edmonton Toy Runny, uh, Toy Run. Over 2,000 motorcyclists, including passengers, are expected to take part in the ride. No cost to attend. You're just asked to bring a new unwrapped toy or make a cash donation to 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. Man, 36 years. This is incredible. So everybody's going to gather at Capilano Mall as early as 9.30 in the morning on Sunday. They leave at 11. Donations are collected at the end of the ride at the Horlick Park Amphitheater. That'll be around 12.30. We are asking you to help us fill a 53-foot trailer with new toys for Santa's Anonymous. Awesome stuff. EdmontonToyRun.org to get more information online. Man, love everybody who helps out with that. That is great. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Ah. Now, see, this this worries me when this person does this, Kellen. Uh-oh. You know our buddy on the text line, Frustrated Fan. Right. Beautiful human being, first of all. His predictions have not always been that successful. Now, nor have mine. Most of my predictions turn out to be terrible. That's why I had a prediction. But, but Frustrated Fan will live in infamy when he texted in before the Grey Cup, before the Labor Day rematch in 2015, the Eskimos were 6-4, and four, and said, Reed, the Eskimos will not win another game this season. What happened, Kellen? Say it again. What happened? The exact opposite happened. They did not Reverse lose curse. another game the rest of the season. Reverse Eight in the curse. regular season, two more in the postseason, 10 in a row, 14-4 regular season, Grey Cup champions. Today, Frustrated Fan offers us this prediction. All right. The Eskimos win five in a row. They knock the Riders to the crossover on the last day of the regular season, and they meet the Alouettes in the Grey Cup. No frustrated fan, you know I'm going to hold you to that. Now, first of all, I would love for that to happen. Hey, I want the Eskimos to keep winning. I want them to get back in the wind column. I don't want miserable fans having to listen to this show and hear about the losses. But that that's that's going out there. That is something. Uh, Eskimos play Ottawa. Winnable. Tomorrow, Hamilton next. Ooh, that's going to be tough. Home against BC, winnable. Winnable. Home and home against the Riders to end the season. It's going to be tough. The Riders have been a little up and down themselves, but uh, but they're having a better year than the Eskimos to this point. All right. Uh, Mark says, hi there. Can we get clarity that personnel decisions do involve Keith Gretzky and not just the good ones? So again, is Keith Gretzky part of the decisions that are being made on player personnel? Mark, Keith Gretzky is the assistant general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. And you have to text a radio show to clarify if he's involved in the decision-making process? You know better than that and troll somebody else. Have a good weekend. Uh, this texter says, Sam Gagne, Nugent Hopkins, and Neil should be the second line. You can move them down to the third when they are tired and allow others to fight for that time on the second line uh, if Neil and Sam are not performing or they are tired. I don't know if Gagne is going to be on that second line. I think he might be more in a depth role in the team. I mean, maybe uh, maybe your choice. Is Cassian safe right now with Drysdale and McDavid, the way some other guys uh, have played? And obviously the line combinations are going to change along the way as well. This texture simply says James Neal looked good the other night. Neal had a good game yesterday. A couple of assists. Uh, Rob was talking about the assist on the McDavid power play goal. That good awareness to know where Neal, to know where McDavid is, to put the pass 
into an area where McDavid could get it, not to just fire it over there where uh, it might miss him and go into the corner. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Neil's going to help, obviously, especially if he plays with Nugent Hopkins. Junior football this weekend. Both Edmonton teams in action. The 3-2 and two Huskies go to Winnipeg to face the 1-4 and four Rifles. Both these games on Sunday. 1 o'clock at Clark Sunday afternoon. The Wildcats will try to upend the 5-0 and oh Saskatoon Hilltops. The Wildcats are 2-3 and three on the season. Oilers and Flames tomorrow. We'll see how Talbot's doing, how Lucic is doing, how Davidson is doing, all with the Flames organization. Our buddy Pat Steinberg is going to check in. And at 7.30, we got the segment on mustard and cramping. It's going to be an all-time great segment on this show. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.